Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. So first, I just want to thank Pastor and Sister Bounds for this opportunity and allowing me to talk about decluttering our homes, owning less, buying less, and giving more. Who's excited for this journey? Woo! Let me hear you. Um, And I want to thank Cody and Lawson and Winston for being the guinea pigs in our journeys because the past, it's really been probably two years of our journey of owning less. Um, And so the conversations of, okay, you don't need that, you don't play with it, so we're going to give it to someone else. Um, Or the conversation recently I had with Cody, I said, pick your favorite cup because you're only getting one. And I know you're like, she's crazy, oh my word. But we're gonna talk about it, um, and I hopefully I can encourage you and inspire you um, to own less, and less truly is more. So (laughs) I wanted to share a scripture with you. Cody told me I should share it, which is funny. But did you know that (laughs) men washing dishes is in the Bible? Did you all know that? No. I did not know that. And I read it and was like, what? Um, It's actually, I won't read it, but it's 2 Kings 21, 13. If any of you want to write it down to, you know, use the the word could back it up. You know, you'd be like, listen, I didn't say it. The Lord said it. Um. But I say that with all love for my husband because he does put away all the dishes. I wash all the dishes, and he puts them all away, which is actually the part that I hate because it's so, you know, you're putting everything up. And he does help do the laundry, too, so I'm thankful for him. Um, So tonight is a simple message. Less is truly more. A life of owning less is a life lived like Jesus. A life lived with more time, more energy, more to give, and more joy to be found. So I want you to take a minute, and I want you to think about your house, your garage, your storage unit, your shed, your closets, everything. Think about how many items do you think you own. So I just want you to take a minute and come up with a guess in your head. I'm talking, now, if you're blessed to have a vacation home, that counts too, okay? So everything that you own, I want you to just think of a guess, how many items that you own. So I'll just give you a minute. When you think of a number, I want you to share it with the person next to you, in front of you, behind you. If you're too embarrassed, you don't have to. But I want you to share it with someone around you. How many items do you think you own? Okay, you have to participate. Like coffee creamer, bobby pins. Everything you own. Every coffee cup. Every, every pair of socks. Everything. All right, do you guys want to know on average what every, how many items every American has? You want to know? You probably don't want to know. But for the session, you need to know. 300,000 items on average are in a home. 300,000 items. Now, this next point I want to tell you is every single item you add to your home adds a worry. Every single item that you, you accumulate, you add, it's another thing to take care of, and it's another worry. 
so I'm going to read a few statistics to you. Um, this was written by Joshua Becker. The U.S. Department of Energy reports that one quarter of people with two car garages have so much stuff in there that they can't park a car. It's mind-boggling, really. According to the National Soap and Detergent Association, I didn't know there was such a thing, but there is, getting rid of clutter would eliminate 40% of housework in the average home. The National Association of Professional Organizers, now I'm going to read these to give credit to the people that did all this work, um, reports that we spend one year of our lives looking for lost items. One year out of your lifespan, you spend a whole year looking for lost things. I know, we're all like, what? Harris Interactive reports that 23% of adults say they pay bills late and then they pay a late fee because they lose them. I know. One in 11 American households rent a self-storage space and spend over $1,000 a year in rent. And these really hit home, the ones I'm about to read. British, British research found that the average 10-year-old owns 238 toys, but only plays with 12. And can I get an amen? Any parent in here? <laughs> 3.1% of the world's children live in America. So only 3% of kids in all the world live here in America. But they own 40% of the toys globally. So the, so the kids in America, which is only 3% of the, whole na of the whole world's children, they own almost half of the toys in all the world. So I want to invite you on a journey and introduce you to a better way. It's God's way. It's that less truly is more. Um, I'm going to read some scriptures to you. They're on your handout, and we're kind of going through the book of Luke. Um, and we're going to start with what John the Baptist had to say, and then we're going to move on. Um, and talk about what Jesus had to say also. <clears throat> so I'm in Luke 3, verse 10. And I am reading from the New Living Translation also. The crowds asked, what should we do? They want to be saved. They want to know, what, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, Share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? He replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. All right, now we're going to move to Luke 12. Um, and I'm going to read... It's the parable of the rich fool is what it is. Um, it's chapter 12, and I'm going to start with verse 13. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he said to them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. 
Now we're going to go to Luke 15. So we're kind of just working our way through. Um, so Luke 15, we're going to start with verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call and her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels, even when one sinner repents. There is joy found in decluttering. Um, the last one passage I'm going to read is Luke 18. And I'm going to read, start, I'm going to start with verse... 18. And I know I'm reading a lot here in the beginning, but it's so important to know why is this God's way of living? And he lays it out so clear that if we put all of our all of our efforts into things and not people, we haven't accomplished anything. So we're going to start um, with verse 18. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, Then who in the world can be saved? He said, What is impossible for people is possible with God. And I know we all believe that to be true. We are all on this journey to live a life for God. So that was our first, the first reason. So we're talking about the five reasons to simplify. Own less, buy less, give more. The first reason and I just read to you a whole lot of examples of what Jesus had to say about owning less. The first reason is you'll be more like Jesus. So is that not reason enough? We really don't need the other four points, right? But we're going to go on them. But we're going to talk about them. But is that not reason enough for us to own less? To buy less and to give more? All right, are you guys ready for point number two? Yep, give me a thumbs up if you're ready, just so there's some movement. I used to do that in my classroom. Thumbs up, how are you feeling? Not so good, not good. Okay, okay. All right, the second point is if you live a life of less is more, own less, buy less, and to give more, you will have more time. And who needs more time? We all, we all need more time. So I have a quote on here. It's from Pastor Bounds, and we've heard him um, speak this. In Elijah's day, there was a drought of water. In our day, there's a drought of time. When Elijah gave something he couldn't afford to give, God gave him so much more. And if we will give our time, if we will give our time, God will pour out, we'll, we'll have more time. He will, he will do that for us if we give our time to him. Now, with, you're like, how does this have to do with owning less? All of the items in your home require time. All of the things you take care of, the more you own, the more you clean, the more the more things that you're touching throughout the day and you have to deal with, that takes your time. It's something we hear a lot and something we will continue to hear. 
We need volunteers. This statement shouldn't bother you. It should light a fire under you. It should excite you. In a time of harvest, which is what we're in, it's all hands on deck. I challenge you, if your schedule of making money, spending money, taking care of things, earthly possessions, taking care of all that, cleaning the house, over, if it overtakes your, takes your schedule, and obviously we all do that, we all have to do some of that, but if that's all you do, and you can't be involved in the kingdom of God, then I ask you to reevaluate what is taking all your time. If we would write it all out and realize that all of our time goes to earthly positions and just having more stuff, an honest question to ask ourselves is, are, are we the, the rich man that, the, that he's talking about in Luke? Is that me? It's something to evaluate. Are, do we put things over God? 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, even after they get raises. It doesn't change. They still live paycheck to paycheck. Because even though they, you get more, but then you spend more. Get more, spend more. 78% of Americans do not like their job. So here's the question. If 78% of Americans, and we live in this country, you can do whatever you want to do, really. Get, you can just about do anything you want to do. Why are 70, 78% of Americans staying at a job they don't like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, say it out loud. Money. And to buy, to buy things that they don't need right? Um, faster technology, a newer car, a bigger house. It's, it's, we're in this culture of enough is never enough. You, you still need this. You need to buy this. Once you get the new phone, there's another new phone. They say on average that we see 5,000 ads a day. And you think, that is not true. No way. There is an ad on everything, Cereal boxes, things in your house, as you're driving, um, radio, everything. They're, they're constantly, they're saying, want to buy this? Do you want to buy this? Spend your money on this. You need this. Oh, there's a, new, there's a new one of these. You need these. That is not God's way. That is not God's way of living. God's way of living is being thankful for what you have and giving to someone who doesn't have anything. Not continually holding what we have and getting the better and better and better. Okay, we're going to talk about number three. So you're probably like, more money, what does that mean? Um, so I'm just going to review really quick. So the first one, the first reason is to simplify your life and to own less, the less is more lifestyle, is it's you're more like Jesus, and that's our favorite point because that's the most important one. The second one is you will have more time. And it's, I think it is so convicting to think about, oh, my word, all these items take my time and they don't even bring me joy. <laughs> they don't even make me happy. But people make us happy, right? We should be giving our time to people. So, the, so those are, that's just a review of the first two. So the third one is more money. And you think, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's to give more money. When, you, when you're blessed, you can bless others. When you waste your money and you don't save, you can't help anyone, right? You, you need it to pay off debt and different things. Show me where you spend your time, money, and energy, and I'll tell you what you worship. John Wimber said that. And I'm going to read that one more time because that one just, for me, like when I read it, it's like, oh, my word. It's so, it is so, so true. Show me where you spend your time, money, and energy, and I'll tell you what you worship. And John Wimber said that. So I think of Amazon Prime. I love Amazon Prime. I do. It's a great thing. But 
No wonder we have a problem. No wonder America has too many things. Because, like, okay, you need a new dog bowl. And I'm living that life right now realizing, you know, dogs cost money. And they have a lot of things. And so I'm trying to work through that. But um, you need a bigger dog bowl. You need a new purse. You just get on Amazon. And you can have it the next day. You can actually have it the same day in some places, which is crazy, which can be very cool for youth events and stuff. But it, it can be. It's great. It's, a, it's everything in balance. But no wonder we have a problem, right? It's the click of a button. It's yours. Any item you desire. Any item you desire, you can get it. But do you need it? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I did need a bigger dog bowl because I was filling it up all day. And I'm like, oh, my word, this dog eats so much. But anyway, um, we can get anything we want with the press of a button. It's easier, to spend it's easier to spend money now than ever. But on what? Like I said, nothing. Here's the question. Here's something for us to ponder. Speaking on... Spending less money on things so we can spend, spend what we have on things that matter. What if we didn't put our time, money, and energy into stuff? What if we put it into people? What if we used it to show someone hurting the love of Jesus? What if we were able to give more to missions than we paid on our mortgage every month? What if we were able to give more to God's house than we had ever given? We could give more to the homeless, the fatherless. What if we were able to be a light in our community? Everywhere we go, we could bless someone because we weren't spending money on items that mean nothing. By just cutting out the number of clothing items we have, shoes, decorations, random nothings that we purchase on a weekly basis. What if we only had one pair of tennis shoes? What's so wrong with that, right? Okay, and this is confession time. So, tennis shoes, so on this journey, and I'm going to talk a little more about it. Um, on this journey of our family trying to own less, buy less, and to give more, um, it can be hard when you're used to, you find a good deal, and it's like, well, it's on sale, and I might need it one day. You know what I mean? Like, it's on clearance. So what if I, you know, it, it was going to be 50, and now it's 12. Why wouldn't I buy it? Right? Like, you know, you talk yourself into it. Well, I have a pair of tennis shoes. I do. I have one pair of tennis shoes, and I did get them in a clearance store, Tennessee. It's a great store to go to. But, so, I have one pair. Well, Cody took me shopping for my birthday, and we were actually at a used store. Used stores are the way to go, I'm telling you. It's cheaper. If you have kids, go to Once Upon a Child. It's like the only place we buy our kids clothes, because they just get it dirty anyway. And you have to buy another, you know. Anyway, so, I'm standing there. Like, there's these shoes. They're my size. They're way, way discounted. And I'm like... I need those. You know, they're great. You know, maybe if I buy them, I'll want to work out. And it'll just all, it'll be good. It'll be better for me. And I'm thinking, like, I already have a pair. I have one pair. Why do I need two? And it's an honest question. We probably all get there. It's, well, it's on sale. Why wouldn't I buy it? Well, the question is, do you need two pairs of tennis shoes? I mean, we want... And this is just an example, and it is not a big deal if you have a bunch of tennis shoes. Cody used to work at Finish Line, so I get it, okay? He would get his on the clearance. But it is, it's just, this is an example, but it's an honest question. Maybe for you it's a coffee cup. Maybe it's, you know, you just don't need it, but every time you see it, you just want to buy it. Well, think of that over a lifetime, how much you spend on things that... You don't even need, right? Are you guys still with me? Yeah. 
So what if, what if, and you're going to think, she is crazy. What if we only had one pair of tennis shoes, one coffee cup per person? I know. One purse. I know. These are hard questions, but it's a question. How nice. It would take away that anxiety. You go in the morning, you make your coffee, you open the cup, and there's your cup. You don't have to pick which one. You don't have to stand there for three minutes and think, which one do I want to drink out of? Right? And guess what? You can drink out of your favorite cup every day. How awesome is that? Okay, so Cody and I, I met him in the middle, and we have four coffee cups. Because... When, when someone comes over, they might need a cup of coffee, too. <laughs> so, we have four. And also, and you might see this as wasteful, but I see this, Cody sees it as wasteful. I see it as the hospitality side. I also have those really cute to-go cups. They are paper. I know. And they are, wa- it is wasteful. But if someone comes over that wants a coffee cup to-go, I can give them one to go. And then if I have five people over, I'll be like, I don't have enough mugs for you, but I have a really cute to-go cup you can have. So this is the question. And this is, this is, a, deep, this is a deep question. But the question is, all this stuff, all the money you spend... All the energy you put into it, all the time you spend with all this stuff, and it's just, it's our culture. It's we just have a lot of stuff. But what if you could do so much more with your time, so much more with your money, and souls would be saved because you owned less things? And it's a it's an honest question. It's an honest question. If you had to work less hours because you didn't get that new house that would make you work all the time or you didn't get the new car that would require you to work overtime and now you can't come to church faithfully and now you can't be involved in the ministry that God had called you to that ministry but you had you have a new car and you have to pay it you have to pay your payment I mean everybody has to have a new car you know it's an honest question it's an honest question that you have to think is my life, is, is, am I doing what God's called me to do with my life? Or am I being chained down by the American dream of owning all this new stuff? And I'm held hostage to payments and debt and items that I have to just rearrange in my house and I don't even use 80% of it. It's an honest question. All right, the next top, the next point I'm going to hit. I know, this is deep. You didn't think you picked this class cuz you were like this would be the fun class. So just, you know, simplify. I don't really want to worry about my parenting or my marriage. I just want to talk about simplify. And you're like, "Why are you getting deep?" I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not what you expected. Okay? And I'm actually never deep so I don't know so the next point is more energy who needs more energy oh my word I feel condemned about I drank two Starbucks drinks today but I had a gift card for my birthday what do you expect me to do I had to use it so it's not like you know but I do spend money on Starbucks sometimes but I needed energy and that's probably why I'm so energetic in this class. I've had a strawberry refresher and a white chocolate mocha. So, anyway. So, have you ever had so much to do? This is going to really hit home for all of us. Have you ever had so much to do that you just don't do anything at all? You see the pile, and it's staring at you. And you're like, 
no, like I'm not even dealing with you today. It's Monday, okay? Nobody does anything on Monday, right? I'll deal with you Tuesday. And then you have an appointment Tuesday, and then Wednesday it's the Lord's Day, and then third, and you're like, oh, and it just grows. It grows, and it stares at you. And you have so much to do, you get paralysis by, and now it's like, no, I just can't. It's too many things. Have you ever wondered how your children wore two basket bowls of clothes in like a couple days? You wonder, how is that possible? Where, I don't understand. So Cody and I have a laundry deal. We have like a cleaning system. And he, he folds and puts away my clothes, his clothes, and the towels. And I know you're like, that's terrible. You make him do that. But listen, I fold and put away the kids' clothes. It is so much more. It's so much more. And their clothes are little. And so, you know, it just takes longer. Anyway, you just wonder how in the world or how every dish, every single dish got dirty in one day and you ate leftovers. You didn't even make a dinner. Has that ever happened? I guess just me. Yeah. It, right? Leftover night's like the worst night because then you heat up every dish you have. You're like, that's why I didn't make dinner. So I went up to dishes. I'm telling you guys all my secrets. So, I heard of this study, and I tried, to, I tried to look it up and see who did it so I could give them credit. I'm sorry, but I couldn't figure out where I heard it. So, there was this study, and what they did is they had a, a dirty kitchen, a really dirty kitchen. You know the dirty kitchen that you get paralysis by analysis. You're like, no, we're, just, we're going to Donato's. Like, we're not even. So, there's a dirty kitchen, and they have a plate. They had, these people had to spend time in the dirty kitchen, and they had cookies and carrots. And they had, they, it was like a study to see what they would pick while they're in a dirty kitchen, right? Because it's like, I'm stressed, there's dishes everywhere, oh my word, I don't, can't even find a clean cup, and I have 15 coffee cups, none of them are clean. And guess what they picked? Cookies or carrots? What do you think they picked in the dirty kitchen? Cookies. Cookies. Yeah. When you're in a dirty kitchen, you're like, I need carrots. I need a cookie. I have anxiety. This is stressing me out. It smells like old something in here. So they, they don't have any energy. They have paralysis by analysis. It's like there's so many things in here. I don't know what to do first. I don't know what to touch first. I'm just going to eat a cookie. <laughs> right? That's, that's what I would have. I would have been like, oh, we're, oh, yeah, these are the Browns cookies. Woo! <laughs> so that's what they're going to pick. So now what do you think in the clean kitchen, what do you think they picked? You can make better decisions. You can think clearer, you can make better decisions when you're in a space of peace. When you are around clutter, you're immediately feeling more anxious. And, and they chose the carrots in the clean kitchen. It's interesting, isn't it? When I read it, I remember thinking like, wow, I never thought about it like that. But that's probably why, yeah, if I'm stressed, I eat pickle chips. You know, they're the best chips Ever. If you haven't had them, you should try. Oh, yes, but I know. They're so good. My kids love them. They're like pickle chips. We just don't make the best decisions when all we see is clutter. And all we see is things to do, unfinished tasks, things to clean, things to move, things to dust, things to rearrange. We just don't think as clearly. Okay, we're going to move on to the fifth point, more joy. And other than more like Jesus, this would be my second favorite. So a life of less is more, own less, buy less, and give more 
you will find more joy. I'm going to read a couple scriptures. I'm going to read John 10, 10 and Nehemiah 8, 10. If you're taking notes, you can write those down. John 10, 10 and Nehemiah 8, 10. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I, I would venture to say that this life of having 300,000 items in our home and feeling tied down to feeling like your life is in this house of all these things, that is not life more abundantly. That is a life of slavery to to items that don't bring us joy and it turns into a void of keep trying to fill that void with more things nehemiah 8 and 10 says then he said unto them go your way eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy unto our lord neither be ye sorry for the joy of the lord is your strength the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you are drowning in clutter and things, in items, where is the joy of the Lord? Do you, do you still feel it through all through all of that? You can't give him your best time. You can't you can't do what he's called to do when you're tied down to all those things and all those commitments to making more money to so you can spend more money. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And in that verse, I love how it, it says, And send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Give, give, give. Giving is, it does feel better to give than to receive. It truly does. I think of, I actually called Tori Glover today and talked to her. And when I think of this topic, I can't help and I have my Guatemalan bookmark to remind me every day. But you can't help but think of all the people in Guatemala. And I remember when we visited with the young adults being so just you, you walk into their homes and they have a hammock to sleep on, maybe. They have dirt floors. A lot of them don't have a refrigerator. You don't see you don't see toys. You don't see clothes. Some of them don't have a restroom. It's an outhouse. They have like it's a little stove where they can start a fire to cook on. And that's it. It's a it's one room, a lot of them, some are two rooms. They have each other. They have people and they have, they have a lot of hardships there, too, that we don't face here. But it makes you wonder. You think they have nothing, but they're not tied down to things, 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 this constant. You feel like you're on a high-speed train, and you can't get off. You're on this high-speed train of you need more. You need to buy more. You need to do more. You need, to, you, need you need, you need, you need, you need more, more, more. Enough is never enough. This continued pursuit of more. And yet, we drive, we drove an hour just to get to this jungle. We went to Corzal, and they had a parrot. He was, he, they, were, they had him out there and maybe a ball. I can't even remember. It was, there was an outhouse out there, and they were gathered in the kitchen um, making the tortillas. And... There was, there was nothing. And that's how they live. That's how they live. And it was just, it was so eye-opening for us, and I think for everyone on the trip, to think that we think we need all this stuff because that's what we're accustomed to. And just like for them, they don't know what it's like to own 300,000 things in their house, right? That's what we're used to. That's an American house. But it just made, and I know I'm not asking you all to sell your, you know, everything. 
But it's just a question. It's just something to reevaluate. Do we need all this stuff? And is, is it helping us fulfill the will of God for our lives? Is it hindering you? Or is it, or is it helping you? And it's a question for all of us, me included, all of us to evaluate all of this stuff that we have. Are we drowning in things where we could have given so, so much money to missions so that they can just have clean water to drink? And we're spending how much on Ice Mountain every week? It's an it's a honest question, and it's a real-life thing. And if you went over to Guatemala today, you, your eyes would be open to the fact that, oh my word, they're so joyful, they're so free, they have so, their worship, it, they have so much liberty. I mean, and you think, some of them, for the jungle service that we went to, went, that we went to in Corazal, there were two men that walked three hours in the jungle to be at service. Three hours. That was not, there's, that's not safe. There's a ton of things that, I mean, there's not street lights. There's not a street. It's dirt roads. In the dark, they walk to church. What matters to, the, I mean, are we willing to do that? Would we do that? Or if our car's broken down, it's like, well, I ain't going to church this month. So it's an honest question. I know it's our culture, and I know I hope I'm not being too hard. I'm just challenging us that could we live with less so that someone else could live with more? Could we live with less so that someone else could have clean drinking water? Could we live with less so that when we're out in the community and the lady in front of us can't pay for her groceries, we can pay for them because we don't waste our money on things that don't matter. It's just an honest question to evaluate and to ask yourself. I get emotional when I think about all the times my children begged for me to play with them, and I felt like I couldn't because I have all this stuff. I have all this stuff that needs done. I have to wash these dishes. I have to fold the laundry. I have to, you know, all these items in my house that don't bring me joy, they actually bring me anxiety. And I leave my children, who I gave birth to, my children that give me joy, and I say, I can't play with you, I've got to take care of all this stuff. Is that God's will for us? To leave the people that give us the most joy, our spouses, our friends, our, the people in our church, to leave them hanging to take care of items, to, to take care of stuff, things. And I know, obviously, you have to, you want to keep a clean house. You need to, you need to declutter. But it's so much simpler when you have less things. When you have less items, it, I think the statistic was, um, I think I read it, decluttering and owning less, it can take away 40% of your, of your cleaning that you do on a daily basis. Because if you think of all the things you move, all the things you do, with all the items you have, living with less brings about intentionality for what is most important. If we have less things to focus on, we can focus more on people. Isn't that what Jesus did? He didn't have a house. His disciples left all that they had. And I know, I know, we have to have somewhere to sleep, I know. But it's, it's just an honest thing to think about. If we have less things to focus on, we can focus more on people. We are still on this journey, and we will always be on this journey. It's a daily, it's a daily commitment, and it's a, it's a choice, and we all have the choice. Um, we'll all have this choice. Do we want to be a slave to things or live this life for God and for the people that are living it with us? Do we items that don't give us joy or the people and God's purpose that does? 
it's a choice. And though you might think, there's no way. I still have to, I have to take care of all this. I can't get rid of stuff. Give it to Goodwill. Give it to the clothes closet. It takes time. Um, we've, we've been on this journey for two years, and we're still not where we want to be. It's, it's a continual process. And if you choose to go on this journey of living with less, you have to know you can't, it's not going to happen in a day. And it's an ongoing journey. So probably to the point you die, it's going to be an ongoing journey. Because even when you give stuff away, you'll get stuff, whether it's given to you or buy. So it's an ongoing assessment of, do I need this? Do I want this taking up room in my house? Do I want to dust this every week? Do I want this in my house? So it's, it's a constant thing, but it's such a joyful thing. When you clean out a cat, I remember the first time, I think it was a, a year ago maybe, I looked at my kitchen and was like, we're going to do this right now. And I took everything out of my cabinets and I realized, oh my word, everything on the top shelf I can't reach, so I never use. So I actually don't even need it because it just sat there for three years. It's unbelievable. And now, I, like I told you, our coffee cup situation, four coffee cups. It's glorious. And when you finally have that empty cabinet, it's just, it's so wonderful. You're like, it's empty. There's nothing in it. And it's just so great. It just feels so good to have something empty instead of you open it and like everything falls on you. Because you have 50,000 things in a cabinet that's meant to hold five right so it is a journey and I don't want you to feel frustrated or feel panicked at this invitation to go on this journey of less is more God's way of living it is it is a choice it is a journey but you can do it do it your way if you have things you collect don't don't feel sorry or don't feel bad about keeping those. If you have joy in it, keep them. Don't get rid of them. If there are things you love and enjoy, like I love making cards and I have a bunch of random things to make cards and like scrapping stuff. I'm not going to get rid of that because I, I love doing that. I enjoy it. Don't just throw everything away in your house or throw away your toaster and then go buy a new one next week. That's not very smart. But if you never use it, you should probably get rid of it. And if you know someone that needs one, my goodness, get rid of it. Give it to them. And it feels good. And so an example, I guess, is when we went through the cup phase, which was a hard phase. There were a lot of coffee cups I liked. You know, they were really great cups. Well, we had this cup that said mom and dad. So... We gave those cups to Candace and Josh Castle because I thought, wow, that it'll bring them joy. Now they might decide that they're going to minimalize and get rid of them, and that's fine. Maybe they can pass them on to someone else. But they were very thankful for those cups, and you can't, you don't have to just trash everything. Be intentional. Make someone's day by giving them something. Um, I know I had this name brand. Uh, it was... I don't know what it was, North Face or something, book bag. Actually, someone had given to me, and one of the youth girls was like, I love that book bag. She saw it, and I never really used it. It, it was used for, like, the music stuff, but I could use whatever for that. And I'm like, you can have it because it brought her joy. She saw it. She liked it. I knew she'd take it to school and be excited because she'd have this really nice book bag, and someone had given it to me, so I gave it to her. And now she probably wears it to school every day, whereas for me, it was sitting in my basement, yeah. right? So if you have something that you don't use, it, would, it feels so good. And just take your first step of faith, something you really like, but sits in your basement and you know someone could use it, give it away. And then you'll be addicted and you'll be giving away everything. And it's so great. The uh, one other cup we gave away is we had brought home a cup from Guatemala and I thought, Sister Glover would love this cup more than me. 
her daughter is now a missionary to Guatemala when she she can now have that cup is just and so I it was a hand painted like I don't know it was just really and I I had it as a memory of my trip to Guatemala but I thought oh she would enjoy this so much more than me so there's things like that that'll bring joy to people that doesn't it doesn't bring joy to you I'm almost done <clears throat> so it's nice to have it's nice to have less things more time more energy more joy and not be held down and be a slave to stuff all the time and once you start this journey I'm telling you you won't go back it's it is God's way of living and um, I truly believe that it's his will for his people to not be in bondage of things in the pursuit of owning more so my last statement I want to leave with you, and then I'm done, is not only were all those things, so in the past two years of getting stuff, getting rid of stuff and owning less, less toys, less clothes, less shoes, less all those things, not only were those things, they were not bringing me happiness, they were distracting me from the people that do make me happy. My family, my friends my church, my people, they were distracting me from my purpose. So I'm just asking you tonight, will you take this journey of owning less, buying less, giving more, and this journey, this, God, this God's journey of less truly is more? Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.